Volume 1, Chapter 11 of A Simple Story This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kamna A Simple Story by Elizabeth Inchbald Volume 1, Chapter 11 With this party, Miss Milner arrived at her country house, and for near six weeks all around was the picture of tranquillity. Her satisfaction was as evident as every other person's, and all severe admonition being at this time unnecessary either to exhort her to her duty or to warn her against her folly, she was even in perfect good humour with Miss Fenton and added friendship to hospitality. Mr. Sanford, who came with Lord M. Wood to the neighbouring seat, about a week after the arrival of Miss Milner's at hers, was so scrupulously exact in the observance of his word, never to enter a house of Miss Milner's, that he would not even call upon his friend Dorriforth there. But in their walks, and at Lord M. Wood's, the two parties would occasionally join, and of course Sanford and she at those times met yet so distant was their reserve on either side that not a single word was upon any occasion ever exchanged between them miss milner did not like mr sanford yet as there was no cause of inveritate rancour admiring him too as a man who meant well and being besides of a most forgiving temper she frequently felt concerned that he did not speak to her although it had been to find fault as usual and one morning, as they were all, after a long ramble, drawing towards her house, where Lord Emwood was invited to dine, she could not restrain dropping a tear at seeing Sanford turn back and wish them a good day. But though she had the generosity to forgive an affront, she had not the humility to make a concession, and she foresaw that nothing less than some very humble atonement on her part would prevail upon the haughty priest to be reconciled. Dorriforth saw her concern upon this last trifling occasion with a secret pleasure and an admiration that she had never before excited. She once insinuated to him to be a mediator between them, but before any accommodation could take place, the peace and composure of their abode was disturbed by the arrival of Sir Edward Ashton at Lord Emwood's, where it appeared as if he had been invited in order to pursue his matrimonial plan. At a dinner given by Lord Emwood, Sir Edward was announced as an unexpected visitor. Miss Milner did not suppose him such, and she turned pale when his name was uttered. Dorriforth fixed his eyes upon her with some tokens of compassion, while Sanford seemed to exult, and by his repeated welcomes to the baronet, gave proofs how much he was rejoiced to see him. All the declining enmity of Miss Milner was renewed at this behaviour and suspecting Sanford as the instigator of the visit, she could not overcome her displeasure, but gave way to it in a manner she thought the most mortifying. Sir Edward, in the course of conversation, inquired, "'What neighbours were in the country?' said she, with an appearance of high at his satisfaction, named Lord Frederick Lonley as being hourly expected at his uncle's. The colour sped over Sir Edward's face. Dorriforth was confounded, and Mr. Sanford looked enraged. 
Did Lord Frederick tell you he should be down? Sanford asked of Dorriforth. To which he replied, No. But I hope, Mr. Sanford, you will permit me to know, said Miss Milner, for as she now meant to torment him by what she said, she no longer constrained herself to silence, and she harboured the same and as he harboured the same kind of intention towards her, he had no longer any objection to make a reply, and therefore answered, No, madame, if it depended upon my permission, you should not know. Not anything, sir, I, de I dare say, you would keep me in utter ignorance. I would. From a self-interested motive, Mr. Sanford, that I might have a greater respect for you? Some of the company laughed. Mrs. Horton coughed. Miss Woodley blushed. Lord Emwood sneered, Dorriforth frowned, and Miss Fenton looked just as she did before. The conversation was changed as soon as possible, and early in the evening the party for Milner Lodge returned home. Miss Milner had scarce left in her dressing-room, where she had been taking off some part of her dress, when Dorriforth's servant came to acquaint her that his master was alone in the study, and begged to speak with her. She felt herself tremble. She immediately experienced a consciousness that she had not acted properly at Lord Emwood's, for she felt a presentiment that her guardian was going to upbraid her, and her heart, and her heart whispered that he had never yet reproached, reproached her without a cause. Miss Woodley just then entered her apartment, and she found herself so much a coward as to propose that she, she should go with her, and aid her with a word to or two occasionally in her excuse. "'What you, my dear,' returned Miss Woodley, "'who not three, year, three hours ago had the courage to vindicate your own cause before a whole company, of whom many were your adversaries, do you want an advocate before your guardian alone, who has never treated you with tenderness?' "'It is that very tenderness which frightens me, which intimidates, and strikes me dumb. Is it possible I can return impertinence to the language and manners which Dorriforth uses?' And as I am debarred from that resource, what can I do but stand before him like a guilty creature, acknowledging my faults? She again entreated her friend to go with her, but on a positive refusal, from the impropriety of such an intrusion, she was obliged at length to go by herself. How much has the difference of exterior circumstances influenced not only the manners, but even the persons of some people? Miss Milner in Lord Emwood's drawing-room, surrounded by listeners, by admirers, for even her enemies could not look at her without admiration, animated with approbation and applause, and Miss Milner, with no giddy observer to give her actions a false eclat, destitute of all but her understanding, which secretly condemns her, upon the point of receiving censure from her garden, guardian and friend are two different beings. Though still beautiful beyond description, she does not even look in person the same. In the last-mentioned situation, she was shorter in stature than in the former. She was paler, she was thinner, and a very different contour presided over her whole air and all her features. When she arrived at the door of the study, she opened it with a trepidation she could hardly account for, and entered to Dorriforth the altered woman she had been represented. His heart had taken the most decided part against her, and his face had assumed the most severe aspect of reproach, but her appearance gave an instantaneous change to his old mind and countenance. 
she halted as if she feared to approach he hesitated as if he knew not how to speak instead of the anger with which he was prepared to begin his voice involuntarily softened and without knowing what he said he began my dear miss milner she expected he was angry and in her confusion his gentleness was lost upon her she imagined that what he said might be censure and she continued to tremble though he repeatedly assured her that he meant only to advise not upbraid her for as to all those little disputes between mr sanford and you said he i should be partial if i blamed you more than him indeed when you take the liberty to condemn him his character makes the freedom pure in a more serious light than when he complains of you and yet if he provokes or retorts he alone must answer for them nor will i undertake to de decide betwixt you but i have a question to ask you and to which i require a serious and unequivocal answer do you expect lord frederick in the country without hesitation she replied i do one more question i have to ask madam and to which i expect a equally uh, unreserved reply is lord frederick the man you approve for your husband upon this close interrogation she discovered an embarrassment beyond any she had ever yet betrayed and faintly replied no he is not your friends tell me your words tell me one thing answered dorriforth but your looks declare another which am i to believe which you please was her answer while she discovered an insulted dignity that is not uh, that astonished without convincing him but then why encourage him to follow you hither miss milner why commit a thousand follies she replied in tears every hour of my life you then promote the hopes of lord frederick without one serious intention of completing them this is the conduct against which it is my duty to guard you and you shall no longer deceive either him or yourself the moment he arrives it is my resolution that you refuse to see him or consent to become his wife in answer to the alternative thus offered she appeared averse to both propositions and yet came to no explanation why but left her guardian at the end of the conference as much at a loss to decide upon her true sentiments as he was before he had thus seriously requested he might be informed of them but having steadfastly taken the resolution which he had just communicated he found the resolution a certain relief to his mind end of chapter 11 volume 1 recording by kamna